0: you. <laughs> It's good to be with you as we continue our series time after time during these 40 days of Lent. We've talked on Ash Wednesday about now is the time, and last week we talked about uh, the urgency of time as well. Today, today we talk about for all time, question mark, there should be a question mark on there. For all time, time is treated differently throughout these gospel texts. What might God have in store for us today? Our reading is from the Gospel of Luke, the 13th chapter, beginning with the 31st verse. It'll be on the screens, it'll be online, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. At that very hour, Pharisees came and said to him, get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, go tell that fox for me. Listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures today, and tomorrow and on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. And you are not willing see your house is left to you and i tell you you will not see me until the time comes when you say blessed is the one who comes in the name of the lord this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god well welcome to the earliest sunday of the entire year daylight savings time and spring break and it's 32 degrees outside. Lots of hurdles today, friends, for the disciples to get. It is a curious thing that we just all agree to set our clocks ahead for an hour. We talk about time as, as, as something that we are all connected with, we are all under the thumb of time, we all have 24 hours, but then there are those, those odd occasions where we all decide, you know what, let's just set our clocks ahead an hour at something like 2 o'clock in the morning so that we don't notice. Now, uh, I do have a bone to pick with Bossier Parish calendars, right? So this week is spring break. Last week was Mardi Gras. And I know you Yankees up north here in Shreveport, Bossier, you know, you go to work on Mardi Gras Day, right? And, and you're, you're in school. So down south growing up, we were off all week for Mardi Gras because we needed all week to recover from Mardi Gras. So we had all week off. But here's the thing, there was Mardi Gras week and then spring break is the week after. I don't know who the president of the world is, but all you had to do, Bozier, all you had to do is move spring break up a week and then like magic, we have Mardi Gras off and all of Louisiana would celebrate. But no, we have spring break, because it's so springy outside. We have spring break this, this week, we're on the tail end of it. And then, and then and, and, you know, next week, we have Daylight Savings time today at the end of spring break. So now we could have had Daylight Savings last Sunday so that the entire family could, like, practice losing an hour. But no, we have spring—it's today! So we have, we have one day. We have one shot tomorrow. It's great. I don't know how the calendar got into the— Kayla, could you do something about this calendar? Could you— f- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to work on that for next year friends you know come on i I find it so curious that we just we just we just decide to move our clocks ahead for an hour and i guess that's fine to do that on a sunday morning at 2 a.m but there are other times in our life when it would come in really handy like friday afternoon at four like that's a really super time for everyone just to say you know what let's just move our clock ahead an hour bing bang done right you know, or or you know, you, you come home and someone says dinner's ready at six, and you're like, Now it's six. You know, I'm ready to eat. Let's go. Let's do this." Or or you're waiting for someone to get home from a trip, and you're just like pacing. Like I said, Christy and Anna Lee were out of town this week, and they were delayed. Their flight was canceled. They're supposed to get in Friday, but they got in Saturday at like twelve thirty. So I was like pacing the floor like, looking out the driveway, waiting. I wish I could have just, like, set the clock ahead an hour and then, like, magic, they would, they would be at home. Or, or maybe, maybe you've waited for, like, test results in that anxious time between when the test was taken and when you find out what, what it says. Don't you want to set the clock ahead and just, just get there? And it sounds like that's what Jesus is doing... In this text, he says, today and tomorrow and the third day I complete my work. An entire ministry in three days. It begins curiously. The Pharisees say, hey, Jesus, Herod wants you dead, and you have got to get out of here. And that's a real curious thing for a Pharisee to do, because a lot of times in the Gospels, the Pharisees are at odds with Jesus. They, they, they butt up against each other, and they don't get along. But here, it's almost as if the Pharisees are giving Jesus a solid, right? Hey, Jesus, we got some inside info Herod's looking to kill you. You need to get out of town. Now, cleverly, Jesus set up shop in Capernaum, which is a border town and also a town of commerce and trade. Here's a map uh, that we're going to put up so you can see what I'm talking about. You can probably see it better, those who are watching at home, uh, than those who are in the house. But if you look at this map... Uh, So you have you see the Sea of Galilee like in the top third quadrant there the Sea of Galilee and there's a dot Right on the top of the Sea of Galilee. That's Capernaum. That is where Jesus set up shop We don't give Jesus the kind of political savvy credit that Jesus deserves Jesus set up shop in Capernaum, which is a border town to the west. That is Herod Antipas's land Herod Antipas was in charge Just to the east, in that green area, that is Herod Philip's land. They were brothers. They were both sons of Herod the Great. So, when things were heating up with Herod Antipas in the west, with Capernaum, through Capernaum, Jesus would just go over to the east into Herod Philip's land, where Herod Antipas couldn't get him. And then when things were heating up with Herod Herod Philip, he would go through Capernaum back into the west, So that Herod Philip couldn't catch him. Those 40 days in the wilderness. Yes, it was about temptation. Yes, it was about uh, understanding his role as Messiah. But it was also a time of strategy. How am I going to set this up? So Jesus chose to set up shop in Capernaum, a trade location where there are lots of people coming through. So the gospel could go to lots of ears. But it was also on the border. So Jesus could slip in and slip out and escape Herod here, escape Herod there. So the Pharisees say, hey, Herod's looking for you, and he wants to kill you. It could be the the Pharisees, you could take the map down, Uh, it could be the, the Pharisees throwing Jesus a solid, but more likely because the Pharisees did not get along with the Herodians, like at all. The Pharisees wanted a theocracy, they wanted God to be in charge, they wanted the temple to be the center of everything. The Herodians were puppet kings put there by Rome, by the occupiers and the oppressors. So the Pharisees did not get along with the Herodians. So in a way, the Pharisees are saying, like, hey, Jesus, did you hear what Herod said? They want Jesus to do their dirty work for them. It's like on the the playground when you're in third grade. You've done this, like, let's say you hate Johnny's guts, and you want someone to punch Johnny dead in the face. You go to Timmy, you say, hey, Timmy, you know, I heard, did you hear what Johnny said? Johnny said he called your mama ugly, right? So now Timmy's like mad at Johnny, so Timmy's going to go mess up Johnny, and like your hand, your, it's like, you know, the Godfather, It's the Godfather theme song. You know, the Pharisees' hands are not dirty, right? Hey, Jesus, did you hear that Herod called your mama ugly? Right, you should go and you should either get, you need to get out of here, or, or maybe like do our dirty work for us. But Jesus is unmoved. Jesus is not turned on by this. He neither instigates, nor does he retreat. He says, you go tell that fox, which, by the way, I think we have the censored version of this story. Right? Do you hear it? Uh, you go tell that fox. It's like when Jesus was 12 years old, and, and, and the family left him behind at the temple, and they're like, where's Jesus? I thought you had him. I thought you had him. Who's watching Jesus? And they have to go back, and then Mary comes up to Jesus says, Child, why did you do this to us? There's not a Jewish mother on the world who is that calm and collected in that situation. Right? As I like to say, he probably got a syllabic spanking. Why did you go to the temple without us? Right? And then Jesus, Jesus as a 12-year-old, there's a, there's a hint of snark in this story because Jesus says, Did you not know that I was in my father's house? You, 12-year-old, come on. Just, you know, did you not know? Because It's because... It later says that he went home with them and obeyed them. Yeah, I bet he did. It's a long trip home, friend. Did you not know that it was in my father's house? You, you know. So you, we get. I think we have the censored version of the story. Jesus said, "You tell that that fox. You tell that fox that that today and tomorrow I do my work, and then on the third day, it is done." Herod wants to kill me? That's not going to be Herod's job. His daddy tried when I was born. Killed all the two-year-olds outside of Bethlehem. What Jesus is saying is that, Herod, you are completely impotent in your leadership. You have no power over me. But then there's there's this prophetic fervor. Herod, you tell that fox that I'm doing my job today and tomorrow and then on the third day it's completed. Herod's job is not to kill me. He can't. That's, that's Jerusalem's job. Mm. It's kind of a sick burn against the city of peace. That's what Jerusalem means, city of peace. Herod's not going to kill me. That's Jerusalem's job. And, Pharisees, if it's so important to you, then you go tell that fox about my work. Now, we are to preach Christ in all of Christ's offices, prophet, priest, servant, and king. But here, in this story, Jesus is the prophet. Prophets say what needs to be said to who needs to hear it. And they're often not popular because of what they are called to say. And they don't have a grand following. That's in the Gospel of Mark. You know the story of of the friends who who bring their friend on a mat to go see Jesus, and they have to cut a hole in the roof to drop him down? And the reason they had to do that is because the crowd was too big around Jesus. In the Gospel of Mark, the crowd is not a good thing. It's commentary on the popularity of Jesus. They were crowding Jesus around so much so that the people who need Jesus, the people who needed healing, could not get there. The crowd is not a good thing. So here Jesus is playing the role of the prophet and he's saying what needs to be said. You tell that fox that I'm doing my work today and tomorrow and on the third day it is completed. Herod can't kill me. That's Jerusalem's job. Jerusalem, you are a city that kills the prophets. Jesus in his hometown. It's like the college kid come back. He he comes back and he unrolls the scroll of Isaiah and he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, recovery of sight to the blind, and release to the captives, and to announce that this is the year of the Lord's favor. And they're cheering, man. They're cheering him on. Yes, that's our kid. Listen to him read. And he goes, this is fulfilled in your hearing. And they're like, yes, one of our own. And then Jesus says, oh, and by the way, I'm called to the outsider. Remember Elijah went to the widow of Zarephath? Yet yeah, them, that's who I'm called to. I'm called to the people who live in Sidon. They're on the wrong side of the railroad track. I'm actually called to them. And his own townspeople, his own folk, got so mad at him that they wanted to throw him off a cliff. They skipped the whole write letters to SPR and call the bishop. (laughs) They went right to throwing him off a cliff. Prophets are not popular because they say what needs... To be said, Jesus said, woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full. Woe to you who are satisfied. Which one of you having a hundred sheep are going to leave 99 to go find the one? None of you. But every prophet that is truly a prophet, yes, is filled with a fire and a fervor and a hard word, but they are also filled with with compassion. Jerusalem, you're a city that kills the prophets, but oh Jerusalem, how I long to gather you together. As a hen gathers its chicks, just like a mother who gathers her babies. Jerusalem, I love you. As my friend Gene Reeves said before he passed away, he said, every prophet has a people. Prophets, true prophets, don't just sling arrows over Twitter. They walk with the people they convict. Jesus didn't just cancel Jerusalem. He went there. He carried the cross and invites us to do the same. Every prophet has a people. Prophets walk with their own. Jerusalem, you have killed the prophets, but... God, how I long to gather you together. Mm. The 40 days of Lent is a time of preparation for this prophetic fervor, but also this compassion for one another. Prophets offer hope and a plan and a path. They don't just turn the clock ahead an hour. They don't just turn the clock ahead to skip the hard work. Today and tomorrow Jesus doesn't just jump to the third day. These 40 days that we have with one another is a time to reinvest in God and to reinvest in one another. And what is this work that we're called to do? Well, Jesus says, I'm casting out demons and I'm performing cures. 40 days of Lent are about casting out those demons that separate us from God and from one another and to seek healing, putting something down, picking something up, doing the difficult work of today and tomorrow. It's not about setting the clock ahead to Easter because if we jump to Easter too soon without dealing with the demons of today, we're going to get to the empty tomb and we're going to look for the living among the dead. We're going to show up and we're going to be surprised when someone says, Jesus ain't here. I know you're looking for Jesus here. He's not here. And we keep looking in the wrong places. Today and tomorrow, I'm casting out demons. Imagine if that's our, our, our mantra, our daily, my, our, our daily saying. What are you doing today? Casting out demons, man. I'm casting out demons today and tomorrow. I'm looking for a cure. I'm performing cures. So one of my dear friends yesterday Texted me at 6.45 in the morning. And he said, I've had a life change and I need to talk to you. Mm, That ain't good. So I called him uh, and he just got out of rehab again. He's over in Florida. Some demons are really hard to cast out. And you do every day have to say, what are you doing today? I'm casting out a demon. I'm looking for a cure. You cannot set the clock ahead on sobriety. You can't. What are you doing today, my friend? Casting out a demon. (laughs) So Jesus says, I do my work today and I do my work tomorrow, and on the third day that work is complete, there's a portion of time that Jesus doesn't address. Did you catch it? Jesus doesn't say, I do my work in the past, present, and future. He doesn't mention the past. And of course he doesn't, because the past has been redeemed. What we've done in the past has been forgiven. You have been bought back He doesn't say, I start my work in the past. He doesn't mention it. Now, that doesn't mean that we forget the past, especially like my friend who got out of rehab. Please, God, don't forget. Don't forget that you need to be casting out a demon today. If we forget, then we look for the living among the dead. We look for Jesus in all the wrong places. Don't forget. It's not forgive and forget. Forgive, yes, please forgive. Don't forget But it's like last week with power. We talked about power and that the temptation of Christ was to have this power over everything. Earthly power is not a bad thing. We just hold it loosely so that it does not corrupt us. We do the same thing with our past. The past is important and we must not forget it. That's why Jesus even remembers Jerusalem. You're the city that kills the prophets. It is the past. It's the story that Jesus has inherited. We remember the past, but we hold it loosely. Because that's what forgiveness does. That's what redemption does. It allows us to hold the past loosely. You had, brother, you had a problem with drinking. Don't forget that. But hold it loosely because addiction no longer has that same power over you. What are you doing today? I'm casting out a demon and I'm looking for a cure. Skipping ahead, setting your clock ahead, doesn't work. Because it's about the journey. It's about the journey, right? You know the hero's journey, right? Pick a hero, Luke Skywalker, Moana, Batman, uh, May from Turning Red, which is great. Oh my gosh, what an interesting Pixar movie. It's so cool, it's just, it's fantastic pick a hero the hero's journey is relatively the same you start you start at home and then you have a calling and then you meet a sage a wise person who gives you some kind of talisman or tool to complete the journey and then you go off on this journey you initially fail you discover that what you really need is in here i am a wanna, right i am it's right here i don't need the heart of Tafiti, it's right here trust in the force luke it's right here and, and then shoot the thing and blow up the thing And then they are successful, but then what happens is that after that journey, they go right back home, but they are forever changed, and they convert their entire city, their entire town, to follow them. It's not about the the end location. The end location is often the exact same place where you started. It is about the journey. It is about every day saying, I am tackling demons today. I'm casting them out, I'm putting them down, and I'm looking for a cure every day. That's what these 40 days is about. So that we don't look for the living among the dead. Transformation happens on the journey. So, friends, how is your journey shaping up? It's never too late To start casting out demons. It's never too late to start looking for a cure. I'm casting out demons today. I'm performing cures tomorrow, putting something down, picking something up so that, so that on the third day, the work will be complete. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray.